Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as usual, is Billboard.com senior editor, Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hi, Keith. You sound a little raspy. I'm a little, I'm a little hoarse this morning. A little hoarse. <laughs> well, then we won't ask you too many questions. <laughs> this is a podcast, after all. Yeah, we, we talk. don't do any talking or this anything will, here, do we? This will be hilarious. Um, well, uh, I won't. I won't grill you too much right now, and uh, we'll get right to it. The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion, even under raspy duress, <laughs> about the week's, the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. On this week's show, we'll be discussing Rihanna's long-awaited new album, Anti, or Anti, was released last week, along with its lead single, Work, featuring Drake. And both the album and single make a splash on Billboard's charts this week. We'll be talking about how Justin Bieber replaces himself at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, as Love Yourself bumps his own Sorry out of the top slot. Zayn Malik has released his debut single as a solo artist, Pillow Talk, and we'll be uh, talking about its chances for chart success. Uh, plus, I attended the final dress rehearsal of Fox TV's Grease Live this past Saturday. Yeah. Woohoo! I did the hand jive, and well, I sort of did it anyway. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, I'll share my experiences about being there and uh, what I saw. And Katie went to uh, Miguel's mysterious The Wild Heart Motel event on Friday night. Uh, Miguel was there, Rihanna was there, yeah. Katie was there. Yeah. So, I mean, really, what more could you possibly <laughs> want? So uh, we'll we'll talk about her experiences there. Uh, plus, we have an interview with Nathan Sykes of The Wanted, uh, who is working on his debut solo album and has a brand new single out with Ariana Grande called Over and Over Again. Uh, he stopped by the office last week to chat with Katie and I, and uh, we'll hear is a really fun interview later on in the show. But first, some housekeeping notes. If you enjoy the podcast... Why don't you subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss a single episode? And while you're at it, give us a rating and a really nice review. You can give us another review, but we really wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> um, if you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Woohoo! So much to talk about. So, I mean, in some weeks we don't have a lot to talk about. This week, active. There's it's a active it's, week. It's a busy, busy pop week. Um, I think that well, take your pick. There's a lot of big news. We'll start with Rihanna. Um, so much to talk about. Uh, her uh, anti-album, uh, her long-awaited anti-album, her eighth studio album was released through Tidal's streaming service on January 27th. Um, and earlier that day, she dropped the album's first single, Work, featuring Drake. Uh, the album actually was then released uh, commercially the following day through Tidal, and then widely to all retailers on January 29th. In addition, um, as most people are probably familiar, uh, Rihanna also uh, did a offer where she released her album as a free download for a, with a limited quantity of downloads available uh, in partnership with Samsung. Um, all that said, um, Work actually debuts at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100 chart this week, while Anti debuts at number 27 on the Billboard 200 chart. 
And so top 10 single, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's amazing. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And But the album, it's a little low. Seems low, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. 27, considering that all of our albums have been top 10. Yeah. Um, it's because of when they released the album, it's a little tricky in terms of how it, de- how it actually charts. So the Billboard 200's tracking week runs from Friday to Thursday each week. And since the album was released uh, to title on Wednesday night, January 27th, the album actually had consumer activity in the week ending January 28th, which is the new chart that we just compiled. So as the Billboard 200 is a popularity chart that ranks albums based on multi-metric consumption, it's a fancy phrase, Mm -hmm. meaning we blend traditional album sales with track sales and track streaming activity. We take those three things add them together, do some math, and that's how we get the Billboard 200 each week. So basically, uh, we arrive at a equivalent album unit total. You'll see that phrase used whenever we talk about the Billboard 200 each week. It's a way where we just take those three things, add them together, and call them equivalent album units. Um, Anti did well enough after just a little more than a day of availability to actually debut at number 27. Um, so considering it's just like... Less than two days? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So then what's going to happen for it next week? Good thing is, um, I probably I'm sure Rihanna and her camp are probably thinking, oh, this is a good thing, because industry forecasters actually think that the album is going to do about 125000 in equivalent album units for uh, this week that we're currently in, okay. which ends on February 4th. Mm-hmm. So that actually means it has a pretty good shot at hitting number one. So it could jump 27 to one on next week's chart. And she gets the best of all worlds. Yeah. And things work out for Rihanna, and that's yeah. great, because we like Rihanna. We yeah. want things to work out for her. We, we, we like our divas to have things work out. <laughs> um, back to work, so to speak. <laughs> Speaking of work. Hey, now. I've got puns. Uh, the single is Rihanna's 27th top 10 hit on the Hot 100 chart, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, are we are we talking about a record there? Um. I'm glad you asked, Katie. <laughs> um, she actually now ties Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, and Elton John, divas them all, <laughs> uh, for the fifth most top tens in the Hot 100's history. Wow, that is, that's some good company. Yeah, uh, Madonna has the most top tens with 38. Um, in addition to that, work is Rihanna's 50th hit on the Hot 100 chart. That's insane. Yeah, I, um, I think uh, it's just... it's. It's amazing what Rihanna has done in such, such a, a short, short. Yes, because her her debut on the charts was in the, like the summer of two thousand five, so it's been less than eleven years. This is her eighth album in those eleven years, and this album also took like three years to come out. Yeah, because before then she had the whole album a year schedule going. Yeah, and was just pumping them out, and every album had multiple hits on it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I mean, and if you consider it, like really, kind of in the past few years, she's been kind kind of like lying low to a certain degree. I mean, yeah. she did obviously have charting singles last year with four or five seconds, American Oxygen and uh, Bitch Better Have My Money, mm-hmm. um, none of which are actually on the new al- album. That was Anti. the biggest shock when, yeah. the, uh, when the track list leaked last week. It was like, hmm. there are none of the songs that we've been like, assuming. Maybe they'll be, be on the deluxe version. Nope. Like, yeah, those were just standalone, just tied you over singles. They're just, they're just, you know, in this new universe, things, yeah, things yeah. work differently. Because we were also looking for four or five seconds on Kanye's track list. It's not there either. Maybe it'll so. be on Paul McCartney's album. May- there we go. 
That'd be awesome. I mean, he uh, Paul McCartney has been working with a lot of people. Remember there was a long time ago he posted a picture or Lady Gaga did on yeah. Instagram of Paul McCartney and Gaga working yeah. together. So he clearly was doing some sort of collaborative album. So thing. maybe that's still in the works and mm. four or five seconds will be on there. To be determined. Yeah, that's, that's been, well, <laughs> Paul McCartney, feel free to call us. Um, work debuts also at number one on our digital songs chart. Um, it sold 126,000 downloads uh, in the week ending January 28th. So really in like two days, yeah. it sold that much. Yeah. Um, and uh, it also starts at number 27 on the radio songs chart, marking Rihanna's highest debut on that particular chart. Uh, lots of chart stuff. Also, and I, this is not on our notes, it debuts at number one on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs mm-hmm. chart. It's her fifth number one. Damn. Um, so yeah, Rihanna did good this past yeah, week. Yes, she did. She had a little bit of attention. Um, <laughs> have you actually spent any time with the album yet? Have you Have you sort of had time to absorb it? How, are there any tracks that z- jump out at you as obvious singles? I have listened to Work, and I have listened to Kiss It Better. I like the way you're like, full disclosure, I've listened to the two singles. Yeah, maybe I just wanted to wait until the full tracking week to like really give right. Rihanna it's a bang okay. for her buck when I listen. It's okay. I, I, <laughs> the, the song that jumps out at me as the obvious huge hit is going to be Kiss It Better. Yeah. I, I misspoke a moment ago when I said that Kiss It Better is a single. It's not a single but in my, clearly in my brain, I think it should be. Yeah, I think it's very possible it could be. And actually, Billboard.com did a poll to vote on who what the next single should be, and oh, that really? was it. That was the winner. It just it just seems like so. The Billboard.com readers agree. Yeah. Um, well, in other news, Justin Bieber replaces himself at number one on the Hot 100. In any other week, this would have been the biggest news. <laughs> I mean, it's all big news. Yes. Um, Love yourself uh, bumps sorry out of number one on the Hot 100. It's Which the, I predicted on last week's Pop Shop podcast. You did. <laughs> Which I usually make really bad chart predictions, so I was very proud of this it's all, one. It's all you. Um, it's the third, I helped. It's the third number one for Justin, and all are from his Purpose album. Yeah, crazy. Um, he becomes just the 12th act in the Hot 100's 57-year history to succeed himself at number one. He's the second in four months, actually, as the weekend's The Hills replaced his own Can't Feel My Face at number one. And then before that, Taylor Swift did it, and she was the first woman to do it. Um, Before all these folks, uh, here are the other acts that have also successfully replaced themselves at number one. Uh, The Beatles, Boys to Men, Puff Daddy, Ja Rule, Nelly, Outkast, Usher, T.I., and the Black Eyed Peas. So uh, some nice company. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Justin Bieber is also the first male artist to have three number one singles from an album since Justin Timberlake did with Future Sex Love Sounds back in 2006, 2007. Uh, Sexy Back, My Love, and What Goes Around Comes Around all hit number one. And Justin Timberlake's birthday was this weekend. Just wanted to let everyone know that. Everything's coming Sunday. up, Justin. <laughs> um, also, fun fact, um, uh, Gary Trust, uh, my uh, b- sort of uh, equivalent counterpart. counterpart in the New York office who manages the Hot 100 chart and wrote most of those fun facts that I just rattled off. Um, he notes that this is actually the first number one for uh, Ed Sheeran, who co-wrote the song. Uh, Ed has never actually had a number one as an artist. Right. So this is the first time he's actually been at number one in any capacity. I remember his really long stint at number two with Thinking Out Loud. Yes. <laughs> he yes. was just hanging out there behind Uptown Funk, behind See You Again. 
Just uh, chilling. As a tease, we will have uh, something else about a, a long-running mega number two hit later on in the oh, show. Oh, all right. Speaking, Even I don't know about that. Spe- speaking, <laughs> speaking of number two hits. Um, moving on, Zane Malik. You may have heard of Zane. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He's a former One Direction member who left the group uh, last March. Uh, he dropped his first solo single called Pillow Talk on January 29th, along with a steamy music video featuring his girlfriend Gigi Hadid. Um, The song just misses debuting on the mainstream Top 40 Airplay chart known as Pop Songs on Billboard.com and is surely set to debut on the list next Monday. So, like, what's it looking for for the Hot 100 next Um, week? Well, it's good. I don't actually have... It will be there. It will be, most likely. (laughs) Um, They, unlike what they did with Rihanna, for Zayn, it was very specific. I mean, it came out on Friday when... It was the Thursday at midnight, Friday morning. The the, the traditional rollout. Getting every single hour of the day out of that week. So, um, uh, it... All of its uh, chart activity is going to be mostly contained in next week's chart, which we will... Uh, compile and unveil next Monday. So look to Billboard.com next Monday to see where Zayn debuts. Uh, he could have a really high debut. It kind of depends on how the week shakes out. Um, it almost debuted on the mainstream top 40 chart. I think, generally speaking, people seem to really dig the track. Um, so I think that's going to bode well for it. It's yeah. doing really well in terms of digital sales. I don't have a first week forecast yet, but it's doing quite well. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the song itself, Katie? Like. It's got a real Frank Ocean vibe to me, which makes sense because he's been working with Frank Ocean's producer. So, is, is the producer of the song? Do we know? I, and I, 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 I searched and I couldn't quickly find the producer. Is the producer of the song also the producer of Frank Ocean's stuff? Yeah, that's yes. Same, and I forget I, his name. It starts with an M. I don't have it written in front of me. But in the press release, it said that the, he worked with so and so on the album. Yeah. And I didn't mean if I'm like, is that yes, mean the it, song? The as song well? was too, and okay. and so it's got that vibe, like for sure. Like Very obviously, much. he went after that sound and he found it. Sort of the all kind of like down tempo alterna R and B ish. But I was also kind of expecting way more of a departure, and like it's still a pop song, you know. I mean, yeah. like I and I I feel like a lot of people, you know, he had the whole like I can't make the music I want to make in One Direction, so I've got to go do this thing on my own and like I, that that song wouldn't have been completely out of place as a One Direction song is all I'm saying like if everybody sang it, it would have been different it would have a different vibe but like it's not uh, you know you can see why Zane because whenever Zane has been very dismissive of of a his lot past. of his past in yes. One Direction and he did say something about how he liked One Direction's Drag Me Down single. That is a great song. And you can hear why he would have liked it because yeah. it has a sort of like funky kind of like undercurrent. So maybe you should have stuck it out a little more he and they might have done some better music for just for Zayn. They're, they're not going to drag him down. <laughs> yeah, but this song is, is good. It'll be interesting to see like how much of a life it has on radio. And yeah, if, it, if it's just like sort of a one week fuzzy yeah. phenomenon. It's down tempo, but you know, so was The weekend, and he did, had an awesome year last year with The Hills and yeah. it's definitely got that speed going to it yeah also well yeah very different songs yes um and you know zane is sort of working the i'm a sexual creature kind of vibe in this song yeah and uh the video you know it's it's pretty you know typical with him and his model girlfriend that sort of thing but then all of a sudden there's a lady with flowers Flowers coming strategically placed flowers and i'm just like 
dude, you don't need to try so hard to let us yeah. know how sexual you are. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, well, Zane. Well, the single is the lead track from Zane's debut album, Mind of Mine. It's due out March 25th on RCA Records. Yes. Um, well, we both had a very busy weekend. Yeah. Um, in terms of pop. We were really living that L.A. life this weekend, Keith. Yeah, we were. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Uh, I went to the final complete run-through dress rehearsal of Grease Live. Uh, Fox staged um, Grease Live on uh, Sunday night, January 31st at 7 p.m., um, and I got to see the final dress rehearsal of it on Saturday, the day before. Um, I was actually part of the audience. Um, so uh, if you watched it on Sunday night and you saw people in the bleachers inside the gym, that's where I was sitting. So I have so many questions, but yeah. one of them, just a preliminary question is, when you were in scenes that didn't have crowds in the background, were you still able to watch the show? Sort of, kind of. Okay. Um, that was the intention. Okay. So, uh, so for the scene, the scenes that I was directly in front of mm-hmm. were, uh, summer nights. Yes. That whole the the lunchroom summer nights se- sequence. That was really cute. Uh, the pep rally. Mm-hmm. Um, with the football. Uh, you know, rah rah, we're gonna ring that bell that doesn't exist. Yes. Um, and what happened after that? Um, oh, uh, when uh, Danny is trying out for all the different sports, yes. that's inside the gym. And there's the song number going on in the diner at the same time, uh, right? Is that what's happening? Well, there's a guy that's playing guitar. Yeah, duty. In, yeah, he's he's <laughs> in the gym with... Okay, okay, okay. That's, that, that's all in the same room. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, obviously, the big dance sequence in Hand Jive. Yes. And then... And then after that, we moved out of the gymnasium and went outside to the mm-hmm. carnival scene. Now, if there was something happening on a different set that we were not on, they had monitors in front of us. They rolled out a monitor. Okay, that's nice. The, the only minor snag was that there was a slight delay. So lips moved at a different rate. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't totally hear stuff. Yeah. So... Sometimes you would hear stuff. Sometimes you wouldn't. So then, did you watch the whole show? Last yeah, night I actually on watched Sunday the whole night, thing, yeah. and it was just like, oh, like yeah. there was like whole things that I didn't even get. Yeah, the day I wondered before. about that. Okay, um, I did write about this. I did write about my uh, sort of a limited non-spoiler experience. Yeah, before um, the the show actually went live. on Yeah, Sunday. my story went up on on Sunday early. I read afternoon. your burning questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was interesting, like to sort of see all the stuff that was happening. Yeah, and you could see a certain amount, even though we were like mostly in the same spot most of the time. Yeah. Um, while we were, you know, while um the show opens with Danny and Sandy, Aaron Tveit and Julianne Huff, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the fake beach and yes. the green screen, and then it pulls out to sort of reveal like this is all a facade. Yes. And then Jesse J starts to sing and as she's walking through. Amazing opening number, by the way. That was sweet. Yeah. Like, that was really, really well done. They did that twice on Saturday okay. in front of us. Okay. They're like, we're going to do it twice. So where were you placed during that? I was still in the gym. You were in the gym. Okay. We were already in the gym. Okay. Um, But as the Jesse J thing is happening and she's walking around, uh, I'm in the bleachers and we're watching the monitors and then in the corner of my eye, I see two people like run across the gym and it's Julianne Huff and Aaron Tveit. Aaron already has his shirt off and he's running across. <laughs> Ju- Julianne is in like, she's in like a small top and a pair of shorts, but they're bolting through like the doors to the other side so they can make a quick change. Yeah. So they can get ready 
for the next scene. Yeah. So while Jesse J is walking around, they're running somewhere else. So that's what. So and that was only a glimpse of what I saw. Right. Imagine what was actually happening. Out, if you watch that's any of the, the thing yeah. it, there were so many things I think um, like the first time it was really noticeable was in the Grease Lightning number when they like there were so many quick changes that yes. happened with those guys during like, that number every time they would cut away and like okay there's like you know five boy dancers over here they cut back over like wait where'd you how'd you yeah and you'd be like wait was that not the T-Birds that was like some random guys right. like and they did such a good job of yeah, like you the sleight of hand with that it was really good and if you if you watch any of the um, behind the scenes stuff on like Facebook or on their mm-hmm on their on the Grease Live website Um, because you're like wait how did the car get the paint job yeah and it's basically while like when the camera turned to the left and there's some dancing happening meanwhile they run in with a whole like fake car side and like attach it to the side of the car oh it's just like a side of a car okay interesting I did wonder about that because the way it was shot you only saw Saw it from the side side okay okay it was all trickery yep smoke and mirrors Um, that's what they did best in my opinion like the production value was insane and how many moving pieces they had to coordinate and you actually saw in person it's crazy this and I wrote this in the story and I was trying not to be too because it couldn't be a review right um they were they were uh, the the folks at Fox um, said that we could write about it. They wanted you to hype it up, but they didn't want you to like you know. We couldn't review it. Yeah, and we can't actually spoil anything. Yeah. So like I mentioned, how I saw Aaron Tveit and Julian Huff run past me, but I couldn't say which number it was during. Sure. And um, I did say that watching the whole dance hand jive sequence was really a marvel to to watch how they were able to execute so many moments mm-hmm. of dialogue between so many couplings of people mm-hmm. and then also just an enormous dance sequence with like you know 40 dancers and a band playing and it was the entire gymnasium yeah. with there, it's four walls yeah. all around us we're on a sound stage yeah. it wasn't like there was a fake no yeah, 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 they, yeah. Could, they could shoot it from all sides so it looked real Yeah, and it was I, at the end of that the entire audience like you didn't have to tell us to applause because yeah. we were just like it was a marvel. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, after the the hand jive scene, and then I'll kind of shut up. <laughs> they're like, "All right, you know, for the next scene, for like the next half hour, we didn't really see anything because we were all being funneled outside to the carnival." Right. So they took everyone from the gym, all four bleachers worth of people, and we all went outside mm-hmm. to the carnival set, yeah. and we're getting set for that. Meanwhile, they were then restaging the gym to be the beginning of the carnival scene. Okay. That's where they start off with the, you're the one that I want. It's funny. I wondered if that was due to the rain that they were in the gym at all. That was always planned to be that that way. Okay. I actually was like, they might have done that just because of the the weather, but okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was was pretty cool. And, you know, it did gangbusters in the ratings. It did 12.2 million viewers, according to Nielsen. Um, and their the, reception is like really positive too. Super, like the like everyone on social media was just like that was amazing. Like Not, people and, love being jerks on Twitter, and yes. like there's so many like the things like I get all these um the tweets that go viral. All the viral tweets I was getting about was about how amazing it was. You know, well, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sure you can probably go to uh, Fox.com and watch it. Um, while I was there on Saturday, uh, Katie was probably recuperating for her evening out with Miguel <laughs> on Friday night. Yeah, I, I told Keith on Friday that I had gotten this invitation that was very like cloak and dagger. It didn't have any location information. It didn't have any didn't all I knew was like 8 p.m. I needed to show up somewhere. They were going to text me the details. And I knew Miguel was involved. 
And that was that was it. And taking just a wild chance. And for here. some reason, I was like, "Yeah, sure, sure why not?" <laughs> Meanwhile, I get the details on uh, Friday afternoon, and and we take uh, an Uber over there. And the Uber driver's like, "Wait, where are you taking us? Oh, go take us to this address, but it's across the street and behind a storage unit." Uh, and then when we get there, it wasn't even the location. That was where you picked up a shuttle that oh took you there. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, so it was like. Yeah. Anyway, wow. if you've ever seen a horror movie, it's like all is like the beginnings of something Never go terrible. to a second location. Exactly. But I got in the shuttle and uh, <laughs> and we went and it was um, it, it was basically just this old motel. It was a, like a real deal motel that they had changed. Um, they renovated every single room into this individual art installation. Okay. So you walk in and we were very like we were early-ish it was like 8 30 so it was still pretty like dead there uh-huh. so we really got to like go and just do our own thing and they there's no no one telling you what to do leading the way it's like just a museum yeah like. so you're just wandering room to Who, room whose art is it it's this guy named willow perone who's like a creative designer that director. works with miguel so they teamed up okay and so and then they all they they had all these individual artists and and each artist was given one of the rooms so willow perone and miguel were like the idea men and then these artists each, each had their own room. room to do their own installation yeah and so there were things um there was like one that had a a waterfall that was like projected on a wall um, so that was really cool. It wasn't even projected, though, because if you stood in front of it, it didn't go over you. It was like the wall itself was a waterfall. Okay. Uh, they had a... Did they give you anything on the way in, Katie? Nothing. Zero things. Okay. Although my husband was like, this seems like somebody's going to just start handing you drinks that have something mysterious yeah. in it. But don't worry. Nothing like that yeah, happened. No. And um, yeah, they, they had like a... a dance party room that had a dj that was like a cave with like stalactites on the ceiling and they had um they had a room that had stacks of mini refrigerators like you'd find in the hotel filled with tiny liquor bottles that you could just take uh, okay so go for it sure. or like beers or whatever and he, pretty much every other room had a bar in it too just a bartender set up in like the art space wow yeah to get to the Miguel aspect of it, um, we knew that there was going to be some sort of performance aspect, and so we were we were going from room to room, and there was one room that had a whole like mini stage set up. So you're up. like, this is where we should be, right? Yeah. And so um, they actually had a band playing there. It was a guitarist, a bassist, and a drummer with just an open mic in the center. They played the whole night, and anybody could walk in and get on the mic. Oh, like no restrictions. You could just. Start rapping or singing or whatever you want. Have enough of those wanted. little mini bottles of yeah. liquor, and you'll be right up there. And Katie. they would, they would, uh, they would jam with you, whatever you did. One time, a guy walked in. He's like, "Do you know the Ignition remix?" And they're like, "No." And he puts <laughs> it on his phone and plays it in one of their ears, and they just start playing it. It's like mirror, 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 mirror. Like they just start playing wow. it. Wow. So it turns out that's Miguel's actual band. Oh. So we hung out in there at one point when the band took a break. We're sitting there. There's maybe fewer than ten people in the room. I mean, it's a tiny room. And Miguel just strolls in and takes the mic, and the band comes back from break, and he plays for a half hour, and I'm literally one of ten people in the room. Wow. Like they didn't let any more people in, so it was, like, just us. And we just sat there and watched this private Miguel performance. Well, that's probably the smallest show that you've, that Miguel's 
you, that, oh. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, unless I had him at my house, like, it would be no smaller. It was crazy. You know, it, it, Miguel probably cost a pretty penny to yeah. do it to an appearance I should fee. have him set up a, a motel at my house, yeah. each room, turn it into something. Evidently, Rihanna was there, too, right? <laughs> Rihanna was floating around? Yeah, so, unfortunately, I was not lucky enough to be in that room. I mean, there are 21 rooms, so oh, you could luck be... luck of the draw. Yeah, exactly. So, but there was a karaoke room, which was the other one where we thought a performance could happen here. And uh, sure enough, after 1 a.m. on Friday, Rihanna strolls in there, starts singing Mary J. Blige karaoke. As you do. Yeah. She and her girlfriend got up there saying, not gonna cry. And then she showed up with Miguel in the jam room later that night, too. Like, 2.33. Okay, yeah. I, I'm long gone by this yeah, point. it's all right. <laughs> but you can still hear my voice. Like, we had enough fun, but <laughs> we yeah. had to go home at some point. Goodness so, gracious. Yeah, it was crazy. And they did it for two, uh, three nights. So it went till Sunday. Uh, oh, really? Travis Scott came on Saturday night. Uh, Rory came last night, Sunday night. Um, yeah, so they had a few more special guests come through. Wow, I thought it was like a, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good God. There you go. L.A. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> the things that happened in L.A. Well, you know, now it's time for our interview with uh, Nathan Sykes. Um, Katie, would you care to introduce this? Sure, yeah. We had Nathan Sykes come through the office last week. Um, Keith and I had a chat with him. Uh, you might remember him from The Wanted. He was the youngest member of that UK boy band who had a lot of success here. And uh, he chatted with us about his debut solo album, what it's like to transition from a group to his own career, and his upcoming tour with Little Mix. And he also talked about his Ariana Grande duet over and over again and how dance remixes of the song are, are helping it take off on the Billboard Dance Club songs mm-hmm. chart. Uh, we also asked whether he dances to his own music, <laughs> There's which a funny was story adorable. Yeah. Uh, so here's our chat with Nathan Sykes. Let's go! Maybe I've been searching, searching through this crowd To make me find someone who knows what I'm about well, hello, Nathan, and welcome to the Billboard hello. Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming in. And, uh, you know, you were actually on the podcast last April. I so was. it's almost been a year since then. It hasn't Did, been a year. It's, yeah, almost coming oh, up wow. on. And, you know, it's been a pretty big year for you, too. Um, you know, you've had a lot of music come out, including Kiss Me Quick, which yeah. hit number one on Billboard's Dance Club Songs chart. Yes. And now you have a top 10 single on that chart with Over and Over Again with Ariana Grande. Yeah. And uh, both of those songs um, were big hits in the UK as well. And uh, so it's been a really big 12 months. What have they been like for you? It's been incredible. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been surprising people a lot. I've, I've had a lot of, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised by this. <laughs> uh, what, 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 were, what were they expecting right. instead? Whoa, like, by, oh, we were by, expecting crap. Well, that's the thing with it being pleasant. I'm like, what do you mean? What so do you mean? You're, you're expecting my music to be terrible? <laughs> Um, but I, I think um, no it's been a really really great year especially with the live performances um, like I did a string of shows across the UK which sold out um, and then I did a show in New York at the Gramercy Theatre which sold out in 10 minutes so it's been like it's been a really really great time and, and I feel like I've grown a lot as an artist in the, in the last year um, and really kind of uh, honed my knowledge of, of me if that makes sense no it's great and sure. <laughs> I yeah. like it. It totally makes no, like, sense. I've, I've kind of solidified who I am as an artist. Ah. You're, you're still terribly young, which I can't believe. Like, you're only, what, 22? Yeah, 22. Yeah. Because like, we feel like we've known you a while yeah. with yeah. The Wanted and everything. So Yeah, I was a baby back then. It's crazy. A wee, a wee little Nathan. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Over and Over Again. Um, it's a gorgeous ballad. Thank and you. you wrote it. I did, yeah. And uh, then this month it became a duet with Ariana Grande and now a yeah. single. So how did all that come together? Um, well, I re- released it in the UK uh, originally. Um, I wrote the song 
over a year ago now. Wow. And and I was I sat there listening to the song when it came on the radio in the UK, and I was like, you know who sounds great on this? And it's just a really random thought. I was like, Ariana, she'd sound fantastic on this song. Uh, and obviously we've done Almost Is Never Enough before right. on her debut album, Yours Truly. And, and and that's where I met my executive producer, Harmony Samuels. He's great. Uh, who's, he's just fantastic. Yeah. So did he do the song too over he and over did, again? and okay. that's who I wrote over and over again with. Great. Uh, so it's kind of coming in a full circle really, Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is nice. Um, and yeah, she was really up for it and, and she went in and, and put down an, an amazing, like, like just beautiful vocal. Um and and yeah and, and that's how it came around and I was like guys we've got releases this is great and yeah. she was like yeah okay she's like yeah sure whatever yeah she's well, like yeah, for you fine as it's you yeah. <laughs> I know you you're fine yeah you can stay yeah. <laughs> And it has a bit of a new life now, too, um, as a dance remix. It's actually yes. getting a lot of club play. Yes. Have you actually heard it when you've been out yet, like, as a remix? No, you know what? I got a Snapchat last night from my friend. He was driving past Big Ben. He was in a taxi. And the dance remix came on. And I think he was slightly intoxicated. Um, <laughs> but he, he was he was absolutely living. Um, and it was a very, very funny moment. And I was like, okay, that's fantastic. He's like... Can you hear what song's playing in the background? I'm like, well, yes, clearly. Um, you're singing every word. Uh, but yeah, Quite yeah. incredibly clearly. I can hear every word. Yeah. So, so it's, it's fun when that happens. Um, I, I get really shy when when like I, I hear it like, in, a, in a club or stuff, right. something like that. I'll be like, oh, good. Like, I want to turn around and start song. looking at you. Yeah, because you don't know. Do you like live it up and be like, yeah, yeah. this is my song? Or do you go really shy and be like, oh, yeah, that's me? It's like, it's like a can't win since situation where you're yeah. like at a club and they're like oh glad you came and you're like mm, awkward I don't know yeah because the people who want to like you be like oh yeah that's really cool that he's yeah. danced his own song but then people who don't want to like you're like look at that idiot dancing to his own song it, you just can't win so. yeah. well it kind of reminded me actually of John Legend's All of You which started out as this lush ballad and then became this huge dance that's hit too that's a beautiful song yeah so it's yeah. kind of a nice it's a nice balance because like it yeah. gets radio play both ways and, and it's you, you know what when I wrote the song I purposely wrote it at that tempo as well because um, okay. I was like it's, it's weird if you write a ballad at a certain tempo that doesn't lend itself to a remix because then you have to go in and, and re-vocal it and sing it like 10 times as quick right. yeah um, and I was like you know what if we write it at, at 126 I think it is um, it would lend itself very well to that dance remix and, and at that part of the chorus where it goes into the, the drop mm-hmm. and purposely put the over and over Perf- again smart man drop. so I was like that kind of from day one, I always kind of could envision the, the dance remix. Um, and, and I'm glad that it's turned out really well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a science to this. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> there is. And are you in the studio now working on some morning music? I am. I was in the studio till two o'clock last night. Oh, wow. Um, so it was a long day yesterday and, and, and the day before that. Um, I've just I decided to to write a song with, with a, a lot going on vocally. Oh. Uh, but obviously somehow forgot that that takes a long time. Um, so I'm slightly worse for wear vocally today. I'm a bit tired. Um, you have to be careful with your vocals. Yeah. In the past, yeah. there have been some issues. Yeah, so. I don't want that happening yeah. again. But but I'm singing very healthily. Uh, I think it's just just a bit of tiredness, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm singing very healthily at the moment and I'm making sure I'm uh, very much looking after my voice. And it's in, it's in a very good place. And do you have enough material to put together your debut album that fans are desperately waiting for? <laughs> well, the album's been finished twice um, and then unfinished. Um, <laughs> As it goes, these yeah. things that, work well, out Well, that's that way. the thing. Yeah. And the, the first time it finished, 
like it was the, the label really thinking it was finished and I was like no not yet mm-hmm. um, and then I was like I need to go back to LA to write a couple of songs mm-hmm. and, and one of them was over and over again and the other song kind of brought closure to the album Great. and then we mixed mastered the album and to be fair for me that's just as long as process is writing yeah. it because yeah. I'm the biggest perfectionist on the planet and I <laughs> drive like mixers and masters insane <laughs> um, but um, yeah then I decided top of the year that I wanted to write a couple more songs and I just kind of wanted because I've grown up a lot since I started writing the album right uh, I was like 20 21 and then obviously I'm like 22 23 now um so I'm, I'm getting old in my old age <laughs> yeah. uh this life experience Ancient. yeah you better absolutely. jump on this while you're still you still uh, got your you youth you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss an opportunity right um, <laughs> no but I, I think uh I wanted to add a few things to the, to the album uh, I'm not sure where I'm gonna find space um but I'm I'm hoping that the the song that I finished last night is the last one. Okay. Okay, so no timetable yet then necessarily we, we for when we'll hear it. it. Well, the album's coming out in the fall. Definitely. Okay, fall. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have a title yet for the album? I yeah. do. Can you tell us it uh, yet? I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, I've had it since before I started writing okay. the album. All right. Um, since the second that I was like, you know what, I'm going to write the album and this is what I'm going to call it. Um, so I've had it and and I haven't really thought about changing it because I'd never forgive myself. Right. Um, but yeah, for some reason it's just stuck. Okay, well stay tuned for that. Um, and you know, we've heard the couple of songs already, Kiss Me Quick and over and over again. What other kind of sounds do you think fans should expect from the from the album? Um, you, you know what, I think there's obviously the, the variety between the kind of um, the upbeats and obviously the ballads. Mm-hmm. I think there's a moment on the album where there's like a, a track called Twist that's uh, very kind of like Motown-y feel, uh, very like fun and feel good. And then after that, it just drops into the most heartbreaking song that I wrote with Babyface. Um, and he's he's insane. Oh my That's god, insane. he's like, so good. He's, he's the, like, the coolest thing Legends. that I can just say that. Like I was just like, oh yeah, this song that I wrote with Babyface. It's just like <laughs> I feel so cool when I say that, and I'm not the coolest person. Did you write it as, at his house in his writing room? It was um, it was at his studio, and it was on his uh, grand piano, and it was just the oh. most incredible moment. And the song's like just heartbreaking. Um, that wow. manager Rachel had struggles to listen to it. She's like, "It's kind of been on a roller coaster of emotions. I can't listen to it on a daily basis." <laughs> um, so it, I think I think the album very much goes on a journey, um, and that's very important to me because I, I don't want it to be like twelve different songs that are very much broken up that yeah. people kind of can just pick any song and and it could be track one it could be track seven you want it to be cohesive you want it to be a piece of work that people want to invest in the whole album and not just like oh it's a collection of tracks that you can play at any point it's like no I want you to hear the whole thing as a piece of work as a piece of art absolutely and 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 I think also the the storytelling with the songwriting like I want people to know what I've been through and and my experiences and and the the journey that I've been on in in this stage of growing up in my life um so I I think uh, yeah I'm, I'm very proud of it and you know it feels like you're kind of a new artist because you're on your own now, but like you had this experience with The Wanted, you had success with them. What's it like coming from that band experience and now trying to be kind of your own solo artist? You know what? It's amazing because um, I've got that the weird balance of wanting to be treated like a new artist mm-hmm. and, and I'll like, I'll make that such a big deal and I'll be like, oh guys, honestly, like just treat me like a new artist. And then of course the label's like, you want to be treated like a new artist? <laughs> okay. okay, we'll treat you like a new artist. And I'm like, no, 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 not in, not in that way. Like, no, I, st- I still. No, I'm very established. No, I, st- I still want to eat. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I still need a budget for bagels or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but no, they've, they've been great. Um, 
but I think it's been a really like fun moment. I think when you're in a band, like you're you're singing a certain um, register, you're singing like mm-hmm. between like five notes because everyone's got a different range and, mm-hmm. and that sits comfortably for them. Uh, so you're singing your your certain parts, um, but I think now obviously I'm singing the whole album, so I've learned a lot about my voice in yeah. particular. Um, and I'm finding things every single day that I'd never knew that I could do before, which which is just amazing. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to people hearing it and being like, I didn't realise you could do that. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. I think that's going to happen. I oh think. yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think I think once people like get to know you and get to see you like properly, yeah. Um, because I had that I had that I had that moment when the Wanted performed on the American Music Awards and did I Found You, yeah, and you had your big solo. I'm like, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm like, what the hell just happened? What, what just, how did that voice come out of that man? And I'm like, all right, he's amazing. So I'm like, oh, I, I'm like, I hope, I hope things just get bigger and bigger. Yes. Because oh, once people get to much. know you and your voice and your talent, I think it'll be smooth sailing. Oh, thank you very much. I, th- I think at the end of the day, I'm just, uh, I just like to think that I'm a, just a normal 22-year-old guy from Gloucester who just gets to kind of have, have a lot of fun and, and kind of live out his dream and 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 if that can uh make people happy with my music then that's that's an added bonus yeah and you actually have a big opportunity to have the american audience see you uh you're performing on james corden yes and uh have you been practicing that what can you tease us about the performance um i'm gonna be playing piano and singing Mm. um and i think that's about it really i think (laughs) there's a lot of lights going on um that's 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 the one thing uh, that I do know and you know what? I want to keep it very simple especially with over and over again uh, it's it's such a, a simple simple song um, and I really want people to connect with the lyrics and connect with the vocals um, I'm praying to God that they're going to be good um, <laughs> so it, I'm, I'm just excited and I'm a big fan of James as well he's, he's, he's such a talent and he's smashing it out here yeah. as well um, and like I feel like the whole whole of America is just taking him into We've embraced arms. him. Um, <laughs> him and the carpool karaoke. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, it's still the Stevie Wonder one gets me. Oh I, my I, God. I, I, I watch that on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's a quite, yeah. Yeah, I need to get out more, I think. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a moment when James starts to cry when, when Stevie yeah, calls his yeah, wife on yeah, his cell phone. Yeah. That's a moment. It definitely is. <laughs> and so you're in the U.S. now, but you're about to head back to the U.K. because you're going to go on tour with Little Mix. Yes, I am. Um, have you started preparing for the tour? No. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm the most underprepared person on the planet. Especially, when, like, I was trying to, like like um talk out that james gordon question but at the end of the day i'm gonna turn up sit there and sing yeah um and i'm i think i'm gonna pretty much do the same with little mix oh, that's what you have to do uh, i'm that's probably good. gonna make up the set list every single night it's gonna be different every <laughs> night um and there'll probably be songs where i forget the lyrics halfway through i'll be like hey let's sing this song today where i actually don't really know the words um but you know it's gonna be a lot of fun i think the girls are very talented uh brilliant performers as yeah. well mm-hmm. Um, so they've got they've got a fantastic fan base. Uh, so I'm I'm going to strip it back a bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to make it very much about the vocals and and about the the music and yeah, it's going to be fun. Very very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Cheers. we'll have to have you back in the fall after we've heard the new album and we can talk yes, all about the music. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you. Cheers.
thanks again to Nathan Sykes for coming by the office. Uh, he was uh, lovely. Charming. Charming. Can't wait to hear his album. Yeah. He worked with Babyface. Oh, yeah, my God. I know. Such, such a huge voice from such a small little package. <laughs> He, he, I mean, he's he's just a, he's just a small uh, individual. He's a very uh, and he's only twenty two. Which I mean, he's been around for like years now, six seven years, and he's twenty two. He's crazy. A wise young person. <laughs> um, you know what time it is now? Well, what time is it, Keith? It's time for the chart stat of the week. Yeah. This week in nineteen eighty five, Foreigner finally claimed its first number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 with the epic power ballad, I Wanna Know What Love Is. Yes. I want you to show me. (laughs) Uh, The song topped the list for two weeks, beginning with the chart dated February 2nd, 1985, and was a triumph for the band after previously spending a then-record 10 weeks stuck at number two, in 1982, with Waiting for a Girl Like You. They had some jams. Um, yeah, I mean, they had a bunch of top ten singles before that, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, Foreigner, like Hot-Blooded, Jukebox mm-hmm. Hero, like all those huge hits. And they got so close mm-hmm. with Waiting for a Girl Like You, uh, stuck at number two for ten weeks. They hadn't had a number one yet, and it was so close. You might be wondering, well, what song or songs kept Waiting for a Girl Like You from the number one slot? I was wondering that. Speaking of Greece earlier, Olivia Newton-John's physical blocked it uh, for the first nine weeks. And then for the 10th and final week at number two, Daryl Hall and John Oates' I Can't Go For That, No Can Do uh, jumped ahead of it to number one for the 10th week. Oh, that week. had to hurt. Oh, I know. Can you imagine <laughs> that week? And you're like, yeah, hate to tell you this. But you're... I'm obsessed with that song, No Can Do. I Can't, I can't go, go For, for That, that. No. no. Who can do? <laughs> um, but it all worked out for Foreigner. They finally hit number one with uh, I Want to Know What Love Is. And uh, they, they they haven't had a number one since, but they did have further top ten singles after that. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. There's your chart set of the week. Uh, this week in 1985, uh, Foreigner hit number one with I Want to Know What Love Is. Well, there you go. We jam-packed the show, this, Keith. This is a busy week. Busy, we, busy. So much stuff. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty early in the week, too. Pretty, I mean, <laughs> busy. who knows? When we recorded the show last week, Rihanna didn't have a new single. Zane's single hadn't come out. The album hadn't come out. We didn't go to Greece Live or Miguel's crazy motel experience. <laughs> Anything can happen Anything this week. Anything can happen. Um, do you have any uh, parting words? Oh, man. I just, you know, I'm looking. Maybe Kanye's album will leak this week. Oh, good grief. <laughs> It'd be terrible for all involved. Uh, we don't really want that to I happen. I know, it'd be great. To, we don't want that to happen to Kanye. I, well, you don't want someone to have their album leak. <laughs> no. I mean, if he dro- chooses to drop the album, yes. that's different. Yes. Um, well, what song should we go out on, do you think? Well, Something I mean, from sorry, Greece, Foreigner, uh, but I kind of want to hear, I, uh, I Can't Go For That, No Can Do by Fine. Hollow Notes. <laughs> Fine, we can go with a song that blocked uh, Foreigner out of, you know, it's, it's... We'll block them one last time. Yeah. We'll go out on Daryl Hall and John Oates, I Can't Go For That, No Can Do. See you next week. Bye.